You're listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned to hear the rest of your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Excuse me. Three CR proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present, and uh, acknowledging also our sister girls and brother boys as part of our original inhabitants. Um, great um, to be part of that. Um, what else? Thanks to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news, as they always do. Well, I think they might have got a bit stuck on the surface um, this morning. Have to check that one out and see what's going on. Um, and welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Might have to have a chat about um, that and how it's important in light of a very current issue um, during the, the day. If you want to get in touch with the program, and I'm really encouraging you to do that today because of the topic that I want to have a chat about, um, you can do so. There's lots of ways to do it. For those five of us who still have a real, an old-fashioned email address with an at in it, I'm discovering that I'm very out of date on that. Truth. I did a session with some young people a couple of weeks ago, and apparently that's what you say now in 2016. So the nearly 51-year-old who, well, is one cart short of a full deck, so to speak, um, is now trying to be all cool. But um, seriously, um, you've got lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Old-fashioned email, out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. You can text 61-401-078-981. You can look for me on Facebook or also look for um, the page that is Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Or you can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. All right. Um, so, um, what have we got today? Why am I asking you to phone in or well, not phone in, um, send in? <coughs> oh, I hate that. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm not. Um, wasn't talking about most of our politicians and doing a tissue, which sounds like something else. I um, wanted to um, talk today about um, your favourite LGBTI people, most admired, you know, if you like. Um, you know, and they don't have to be famous. They could be just, you know, they could be someone who perhaps hasn't achieved world fame, local fame, whatever you like. Um, just, um, you know, I wanted to just get some ideas about some awesome LGBTI people. I mean, most are. Um, in my opinion, given what we have to go through, a trans friend of mine, 
who I might talk about during the show, once said to me that given what trans people go through, um, gosh, it's a wonder there's any of us here at all. And that's a reasonable enough comment, even let's say in better places like say Melbourne or in maybe inner Sydney or even you know places like Seattle or Portland in Seattle, Washington State, Portland, Oregon, which increasingly I hear awesome things about. Um, a person I met yesterday recently was in Seattle, and they've got um, sort of safe rainbow stickers and stuff everywhere in one part of town, which is really cool. Um, and so yeah, sometimes it can be difficult going. In the words of our opening track today, "The Cost of Living," written by Don Henley and Stan Lynch from. Um, Don Henley's Cass County album of 2015, and the lead vocals which were shared with Don by Merle Haggard, yep, the old Ogie from Mus- Ogie from Muskogee, um, we don't smoke marijuana yeah, and all that sort of thing, well, do so long as you do it safely and don't hurt anyone else doing it, um, but um, yeah, it can sometimes be tough going, being any, any or all of, well, LGBTI+, which, you know, back in May I coined the term the Brie communities, bodies, relationships, identities, and expressions. But um, seriously, I wanted to start off with someone who's been my long-time, um, um, sort of a long-time idol of mine, um, and that's Lynn Ann Conway, born January 2, 1938, um, who is an American computer scientist, electrical engineer, inventor, and trans activist, according to Wikipedia, their words. Um, and why do I admire her? Because in IBM... In the late 60s, um, according to this article, um, which I'd seen before, she um, worked on advanced computing systems, the ACS project inventing multiple issue out of order dynamic instruction scheduling. scheduling. Now, I'm the, as I've said many times on this show, I just hope that my laptop turns on when I hit the, um, you know, the on button. And so I don't understand what that means. But as I understand it, um, and as Wikipedia says here, the Computer History Museum has stated that the ACS machines appears to have been the first superscalar design, a computer architectural paradigm widely exploited in modern high-performance microprocessors. microprocessors. Now, I interpret that to mean that we went from those computers, which you may have seen pictures of, um, that were around in the 40s and 50s that were, let's say, as big as a, I don't know, a, a small room and, you know, looked really huge. Um, if you remember um, Tim Brooke Taylor's cameo role in the original Willy Wonka, where he has one of those machines that size that's about oh, two metres tall or something, and you know it does all sorts of whirring and blurring and spits out a few instructions on the golden tickets. Um, sort of like, imagine about oh, 50 or 100 of them, that's what we needed. And so Lynn Conway got us from those down to probably the, we'll call them dumb terminals, the then desktops, laptops, through to the smartphones we have today. Her breakthrough was very, very important in that. Um, and unfortunately, um, IBM once... But Lynn, of course, realised she needed to affirm her true identity after hearing about Harry Benjamin, the pioneer. Um, and she did experience some depression and, as I understood it, was booted out of IBM, who weren't as nice as they were today. And... Um, Unfortunately, originally she was denied access to two children that she had, although I believe there's been um, some reconciliation since. And yes, um, IBM did fire Lynn in 1968. And so 
she, as it says, to use a term in the trans community, then went into stealth mode um, at another computer company or two um, in the late 60s. Um, started, started again, apparently I believe she started as a data entry clerk. Um, a researcher in 1997 dug up a lot of this. Um, and then she went on to do a whole heap of stuff at um, um, uh, Michigan um, International um, University and all that stuff. And how did her story come out? It wasn't until the 1990s. Um, and this was the investigative work of journalist Mark Smotherman, um, and she began to come out and talk about her transition. And so when, um, you know, Smotherman um, was looking into the IBM breakthrough of the late 60s and contacted her, and she knew all, all, all the inside goss, you know, and he knew clearly um, that, you know, she was um, telling the truth. But, of course, all the declassified info that Mark Smotherman, the journalist, had was said... Um, a male name. And it's like, well, your name isn't in this anywhere, Lynn. How do you know? And finally she said, well, um, you know, um, that was me in my previous life. And it's, as far as I know, her male name has never been made public. And even if I did, I, of course, wouldn't use it. Um, and, of course, since then she's been a major activist. Um, her site about um, well-known trans people, which I don't think has been updated in a while, still has lots of good people on it. And she's, um, you know, sort of um, widely revered. In 2009, she was named one of 40, Stonewall 40 trans heroes on the 40th anniversary of the Stonewall riots um, from 1969. Stonewall riots, if you don't know, was a situation in late June 1969 where, um, well, in today's language, I'll, and I'll say in American in today's language, GLBT and allied people um, had a bar that was constantly raided in New York. Um, and unfortunately, the police picked the wrong night to do another raid. It was either the night of or the night after the death of Judy Garland, an icon of many of the drag queens, sort of the Kylie Minogue of her era, one might say. Um, and they were a bit pissed off. And when the police came in the front door, um, well, some people went out the back deciding to get reinforcements, a sort of 1969 social media campaign. Um, and it was on for young and old. There is many stories about Stonewall. It is apparently the case that a trans woman threw the first punch, um, denying stereotypes of gender expression, which is always nice. But um, yeah, Lynn named as one of Stonewall's 40 trans heroes here, here. And um, she's also... Um, lobbied for trans inclusion in the Inter Institute of Electrical and e Electronic Engineers Code of Ethics. Um, so it became LGBTI inclusive in January 2014. And I think there's a couple of things that come out of Lynn's story. Well, there's lots of things, but courage, determination to keep going after IBM gave her the, um, the boot. Um, sadly enough, um, starting again, um, it is an indicator that she probably had some money saved up to have surgery and transition, and that's always an issue, of course. And but no, if you know if you earned it honestly, I think you have a right to spend it how you need to, of course. In any case, um, also, what a genius! And I often say this, and I just ask people, unless you are driving at the moment or on the roads, if you are able to, just shut your eyes and imagine a world without discrimination where we valued everyone 100% on every attribute, gender identity, sexual orientation, skin colour, everything. 
imagine how much more genius like Linz we'd have. Um, absolutely brilliant. So um, I've had the honour, I would very much say, of interviewing, of interviewing Lynn back when I was on Joy in late 90s, early 2000s. Absolute, uh, to adapt an old saying, a lady and a scholar in every sense. Also has done some work estimating the numbers of trans people, which I often think are very underestimated even by research and puts it much higher than, say, the you know, the statistics that were often surgery-based or even um, covering, we'll say, those who had transitioned and was very inclusive. Lots more of us out there, of course, than we think. So there's, I think, a great story, um, someone who came through, and also someone, you know, I think there's often debates, well, should, what about these activists? Um, well, we need both people who do advocacy and who, you know, utilise parti- and or use a particular skill, and Lynn has clearly... Um, you know, put the two together in a very easily fitting jigsaw puzzle. And I just think sets such a great example. And also the other thing, you know, as a senior, someone born in 1938, so what does that make her now? According to my, in my head maths, um, it makes her about 66, 68 even. Goodness, um, 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 that's why it was in my head. Um you know, it's, it's a demonstration of what LGBTI, to use Australian terminology, seniors have gone through. And I just think, what an absolute legend, an absolute idol. So there's one to get us rolling. Um, if you've got an LGBTI person you admire, as I say, it doesn't have to be someone who's publicly known, remotely famous. Um, let's hear about it. Um, again, out of the pan 855 at Gmail, text in 61401 078 981. Um, Facebook or um, my page or 3CR 855 Melbourne out of the pan or tweet at Sal Gold said so and that's the bottom line. In the meantime, um, I've been out um, spending up at um, using a voucher for a well-known Carlton, we'll say art store and um, it was burning a hole in my purse so to speak. So I found an album from 2015 by um, someone who... Is just such a good songwriter, and that's the one and only Colin Hay from an album called Next Year People. Well, we're here now, but here's the title track 3CR 855 AM digital 3cr.org.au and on demand out of the pan with Sally. Hi, I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe, the number is 94198377. You've been listening. IPAN is inviting you to attend its anti-war conference and join the Close Pine Gap protests from the 26th of September to the 2nd of October in Alice Springs. Pine Gap facilitates US war activities, international espionage and their killer drone program. It's time to stop the drift to war and free Australia from US military bases. 
For more information on the IPAN conference, go to ipan.org.au and for protest details, see closepinegap.org. IPAN is a 3CR supporter. That's us, 3CR, 855 AM, digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand, out of the pan with Sally. Uh, On a Sunday afternoon or any time you are listening by other means, such as podcast or on demand or all the high-tech means, we can do it. Prior to the messages, we heard from Colin Hay. Or as I always love to say, you know I've got to do it, Colin Hay. And who can it be now? Well, it is Colin, um, the former Men at Work front um, sing front man, um, has done so many good albums and good songwriting um, since then. There are a lot of Men at Work songs, lots of fun, but um, you know, Hay proving his songwriting ability yet again. And I have to say, I, I like um, this album next year. People, um, you know, just the last couple of albums have felt a bit heavy at times. This just seems more accessible. So he's right back in the groove, in my subjective opinion. There's a pretty tough song in there um, called Mr. Grogan. Uh, just if you do buy the album, perhaps a little warning on that for uh, mention of violence, but it tells a story of the senselessness of such stuff. Not homophobic um, violence, but just generally. Um, so other trans people who come to mind, just to give a couple of personal ones, well, I've mentioned this often, but the two trans people who got me going when I was a little baby pan or baby queer or something... Um, um, Julie Peters, I mean, total legend here in Victoria, um, well-known, one of two people who flummoxed Neil Mitchell, um, the other one being Nan McGregor of PFLAG, um, who put Neil in his place. Um, nowadays, it's, I think there's other 3RW presenters who need putting in their place, but we'd better not go there. Um, well, um, Julie um, got Neil a bit um, out of sorts one day, and Neil then asked, so... Um, you'd worked, Julie, in lighting in the ABC, uh, you, know, you know, had you done most of your lighting work on radio or television? Think about that. Um, but seriously, got to love Julie Peters' dry sense of humour and all that sort of thing. And I've got to say, personally, um, when I was a little queer in the in the 90s, I remember someone else came along to the group, Seahorse, who was sort of out there doing trans advocacy, believe it or not, was given a job in Centrelink in the late 90s to try to educate Centrelink staff about trans. But I have to say I was really angry. Now, I know there's all, I understand why people are angry in our communities. Um, we've gone through hell and back, um, and it varies, of course, across LNG, T, B and I, um, and etc. and poly. Um, so, yeah. Um, got a hand, um, so I understand why this person was angry, but at the time I thought that's, I had a very vague inkling I might be someone who might be speaking out a bit, you know, more, a bit more publicly than most. And I saw this person and thought, no. And then I met Julie Peters. It was a, I have to say it wasn't an auspicious start in a way, because I remember that when I first met Julie, it was the night before the 1996 election when John Howard was elected. Um, a dark, the big, thus beginneth the darkness or something. But I remember Julie's warped sense of humour and how she dealt with it with dignity and charm and humour. And the other great story of Julie Peters, of course, is at a 1998 Meet the Candidates forum run by the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. Um, Julie got up to tell a bit about her story. Julie ran for the then Australian Democrats many times and said, when I was an altar boy in the Catholic Church, 
And there was, believe it or not, a One Nation candidate along that night. And I just wish they had smartphones in those days at the late 90s so you could take um, a picture of the guy's face. Never always remember that. Um, So, yeah, Julie Peters, dry humour, grace and dignity, paved the way with um, someone else um, who I don't know a lot but have met a few times, Jane Anna Langley in Victoria. And the other one is my dear personal friend, Kayleen White, a very calming influence on me when I was all enthusiasm and no experience in the late 90s and early 2000s and still a great friend and if my if I ever win one of those huge lotto jackpots I will buy Kayleen the apple orchard she wants so she can retire um I can hope I forgot to get my ticket in the one on Tuesday night and two people got their 20 million I hope you enjoy it anyway but lots of good trans people out there um have lots of more of LGBT and I and Polly um, but I want to talk um, quickly about allies and, well, someone who, at least if he didn't get the terminology right, was trying to be a good ally. And I'm going to try doing something highly technological here, um, live to air. I, you know, there's been a lot of fucking stuff in the news uh, lately about same-sex marriage. Everybody's going crazy about this. And some of the churches say, oh, no, can do. You can't do that. I'm for same-sex marriage. I don't give a shit. It's two guys, two gals, uh, guy, gal, what, whatever it is. I believe that any human being in America or any human being in the goddamn world that wants to be married, if it's the same sex, more power to them. And and what also chaps my ass, Teddy, is that one of these churches or some of these churches have uh, have the high horse that they get on and say, we as a church do not believe in that. Which one of these motherfuckers talked to God and God said that same sex marriage was a no can do? Can you can you verify? Can you give me some four one one on that background and what's your feelings in general on that subject? So yeah, but anyway, I don't want anybody to jump on the goddamn bandwagon. And say, hey, Steve was talking about gay people. No, I, some of my I got some damn good friends that are gay, and I I'm uh, I'm absolutely for same sex marriage. I'm not most most. Uh, I don't think that there is a god that says you cannot do this. You cannot. Okay, so you uh, two cats can't get married if they want to get married. But then a guy can go murder 14 people, molest five kids, then go to fucking prison and accept God and he's going to let him into heaven after the fact that he did all that shit. See, that's all horseshit to me. Sorry about the language there, but, um, well, Stone Cold Steve Austin of World Wrestling Entertainment fame getting um, his ideas in on marriage and being an ally of sorts. Um, well, maybe the language doesn't work in there, given what I was just saying about angry people. But, um, yeah, he was being an ally. Um, now, he may not have been the perfect ally. There's probably lots of others out there who are doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, Jill Stark, Farah Thomason give good, do good writing in the age, although, um, sorry, Farah, as I understand, identifies as part of the LGBTI community, Jill Stark, who's now left, many others, um, out there doing a good job. Um, so yeah, there's lots of them, but I wanted to give a mention to someone who's continually seems to be at least listening more and more and I, without being political and that's Bill Shorten, because he looks like signalling like there's a probability Labor will block the parasite, sorry, plebiscite, and with good reason. We all know most of the reasons, that um, it's costly, it will hurt lots of LGBTI plus people in our families, um, there's no um, binding nature on it, that, um, for example, um, even if there's a majority vote, that the parliament will have to listen to it. It seems like just another stalling tactic with a lot of cost. 
But what I've been worried about in the last week or two is I'm getting signals about the, the exact question which uses lang- the language same-sex marriage. And this leads personally to me for another reason. If we're going to have marriage between only two M's or two F's, and given the we already have one territory, the ACT, which um, allows for other than male or female for trans and gender diverse people on birth certificates, we've now got Victoria, South Australia, Queensland, um, Labor states who are um, moving on this. Tasmania is looking at it, and they're a coalition state, mind you, where the coalition has a clear majority in the lower house in its own right. And, of course, as of last night, we now have an ALP government in the Northern Territory. So increasingly, of course, people are recognising the reality that we need more than male or female for birth certificates. Given that marriage is currently M and F by birth certificate, if we just get same-sex marriage, we're only going, um, you know, not the the whole way. It won't be marriage equality. And so, you know, given all the risks and doubts about the plebiscite, and it's not really going to get us the whole way, you know, I'm beginning to wonder whether Bill Shorten's being a good ally in a way um, and saying, no, let's not do it. Um, and he probably doesn't, I don't know how aware he is of the issues of non-binary, trans and gender diverse people. There are, prob- there are some inter- issues here for intersex. I know Tony Briff has spoken about this as an intersex person many times. I won't go into the detail as I'm not intersex. But um, we've got to have marriage, as I call it, regardless of a little box on a birth certificate. How you put that into a question for the, if you have to have it, parasite, I don't know. But it's been to get pretty doubtful. And, you know, there's got to be an increasing argument to say, given that Labor's given a commitment to all vote as a party after 2000, the 2019 election, and there is, you'd have to say now, today, what are we, 28 August 2016, um, roughly a 50% possibility they would be the government, either by majority or minority, with support of people like Greens and Xenophon. You'd have to say, would it be better? The question has to be asked, would it be better to wait? Is Bill Shorten being a good ally in putting these out? I think he's being a pretty reasonable one. So there's some allies, um, you know, sort of got to say um, Barack Obama's pushed things a long way in eight years as an LGBT ally. His entire regime and some of the ambassadors haven't been perfect, but um, come a long way. So, yeah, there's lots of allies out there. Um, Locally, um, of course, Crusader, in terms of being an ally to trans people, um, Crusader Hillis and Roland Thompson of Hares and Hyenas, um, yours truly remembers back in 1998 when a columnist who wrote under the name Lance Spur, real name Adam Carr in the then Melbourne Star Observer, um, wrote a horrendously transphobic column about how trans people were really just gay men um, needing to have sex and try to pretend to be heterosexual, believe it or not. Um, and the next week, when in the old days when you used to have a lot of letters to the editor, um, there was Crusader and Roland um, being great allies jumping in. And it was very sad that in 2002, after the kerfuffle with all the pink papers, Spur put the same column in the then brother-sister um, so yeah, BS indeed. So, um, definitely, um, you know, sort of there's someone who wasn't an ally, but Crusader and Roland right on top of it. Um, so yeah, lots of good allies out there. Um, others, Liz Alexander, who was working in, um, community work is, um, currently, as I understand, it's still the president of Tilda, the Trans and Gender Diverse Film Festival, a great ally. Um, Libby Jamison, Dara disclosure of interest. She's a former manager of this station, worked with Switchboard, now works with another counselling service and is 
Um, that counselling service is well up there in terms of support of gender diversity. So there's lots of good allies out there to trans and lots of good, I'll say, presumably heterosexual and cis allies as well. So they're people who deserve a mention. Um, anyway, let's um, have some more music. And as I say, it's all 2010 um, publication this this week. There's a shock horror probe. Gosh, at this rate, Malcolm Turnbull will actually do something progressive um, if I'm playing all five tracks from this decade. Bob Seger from the Ride Out album. I didn't say they were new artists, so. Um, and um, here's a track about gun control, in a way. So if guns are something triggering for you, perhaps, well, here's your chance to make a cover. But it's a Steve Earle cover, a cover of a Steve Earle track, I should say, and the track's called The Devil's Right Hand. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Bob Seeger from his last ever studio album, he's um, retired, right out, and The Devil's Right Hand, a cover of Steve Earle's um, track about guns, which well, I think we do have too many of them, of course. Um, so, um, other um, people of... Um, great note um but some buy slash pan type of um inspirations um well um you've got to give um credit to um faith cheltenham who's a bi person of color um lynette mcfadson in the usa um have been doing um great work and um um locally here of course people who have Pushed and pushed. Um, Wayne Roberts of the Australian Bisexual Network, not to be confused with Ian Roberts, the rugby league player who is gay, um, who pushed for a long time and then at the um, local level, um, declaring that they're two of my best friends, Rebecca and James Dominguez, who had a great article in the paper in the last week, um, following on some from some research by the one and only... Um, Maria Paiotti Caroli, who, well, now there's a great ally of um, all of LGBTI in a research capacity. And so um, good to see um, these things, um, you know, the issues getting mentioned in the article, which um, started out in The Age back on Tuesday, um, which interestingly was the day of the Bi Discussion Group. So we were in a buzzy mood last Tuesday down there at um, the Great Northern. Um, the headline says, Better Lovers and Fathers Lifting the Stigma About Women in Relationships with Bisexual Men. Um, and a great article, Mickey Perkins, another great, I'm not sure how Mickey identifies, so I'll say ally of the LGBTI community. Um, and um, so there there are James and Rebecca pictured in the age um, with that headline. James read sneakers sne- sneaking in. But, um, you know, sort of, um, it's a great lead into the issues of um, the research that um, 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 done by Deakin University, Women in Relationships with Bisexual Men, Bi Men, Bi Women. Um, that's B-I and then B-Y. Um, so whole range of people um, and um, some monogamous, some open or polyamorous and a mix of marital and de facto. About half happy and half unhappy. Gee, Given that 50% of what I'll call heterosexual marriages end up in divorce, um, then um, that's about average, isn't it? And then I've also heard some research I'm trying to track down from the US um, that 50% of marriages involving a trans person who transition in the relationship stay together. Gee, who'd have thought it? Relationships are nothing to do with sexual orientation, gender identity, 
or um, monogamy vis-a-vis polyamory. It's just how it works out. What a shock horror probe. Um, so um, the research was coordinated by the one and only um, Maria Paoli Caroli, um, who um, and was assisted by um, Sarah Lubowitz. Um, so lots of um, good work done there. So there's some great ally work going on there as well. Um, come back and wrap it up shortly. Um, let's have a track. Yes, another 2010 release album. My eyesight says it's 2013 for this track by from an album by Paul Kelly, but not his sort of messengers or um, anyone else type of stuff. From an album Conversation with Ghosts, a song cycle by Paul Kelly and James Ledger. Here's Woman to Man, 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. What do you think of when you hear the word drugs? Medicine. Medicine. Uh, recreational. There's lots of things, isn't it? <laughs> Covers all sorts of stuff, doesn't it? It's a bad thing, but I don't know, people get good feelings off it. It's fun. Entheogenesis. Stupid. Fun. Youth. Yeah, fun. Uh, bad. <laughs> Dirty syringes. Shake my head. <laughs> Cocaine. Hate them. Scourge. I'm agreeing with him. Trouble or maybe addiction, something like that. Something I don't relate to at all. I don't understand. Party time. Well, generally, sort of loser. If you think of that, recreational drug. I don't know. Drugs. Bad. Medicine. Help people. Helping people with their conditions, whatever that may be. What is the drug user? Who is this person the drug user? In Psychedelia, we're here to rethink the psychoactive paradigm. Sunday afternoons on 3CR, 2 till 3pm. Hi, I'm Rod Quantock and you're listening to Fill in the Dots. You know who you're listening to. Why do I have to tell you who you're listening to? You know who you're listening to. You're listening to, yes, Fill in the 3CR Community Radio. You got it right. You've won a giraffe. Uh, we're at 855am. We're on digital radio and streaming at 3cr.org.au. 3CR has been making trouble since 1976 and occasionally I've been part of the trouble that's been made. It's a vital part of our uh, media landscape and I'd encourage you to get a hacksaw, an oxyacetylene torch and go up to the Dandenongs and, and bring down all those broadcast towers that aren't 3CR's towers and let's make 3CR the only source of information to an information-starved, dumbed-down Australian community. Written, authorised and spoken by... By Neil Mitchell. And he won't be stopped and he won't be silenced or something like that. Stalking Melbourne through AW. Um, anyway, uh, Rod Quantock there telling you that you're on 3CR 855 AM digital 3CR.org.au and on demand. Um, things what are coming up in the community as it is the fourth Sunday of the month. It's FTM Shed Day for trans men um, down in Carlton, um, transshedboys.com. Um, and then later on, if you're a trans man and or, and or allied and poly, you can then just sneak over to the terminus at Clifton Hill um, for the poly social. Please make sure you respect the venue, um, keep it clean. Um, as, as mentioned, I think last week, a few complaints about the behaviour of some people connected to the poly group at last month's social. Let's make that a one-off, said Auntie Sally in her best butch voice. Bent TV comes up, um, as always, on Friday night, 10 o'clock, um, or on Bent TV's YouTube and or website. 
Gender Queer Australia on um, next Saturday, the first Saturday of the month at 2pm, genderqueer.org.au. Um, lots of other things coming up a bit further down the track. The Rainbow Families Council are having an AGM and picnic on Sunday the 11th of September is just one. So there's always stuff going on. And as we may have heard just before the show, um, the Globe Awards, if you're listening today, um, repeat on demand or to the live show, on demand or podcast, if you want to nominate someone for the Globe Awards because you think they're a wonderful LGBTI person or ally, um, well, hop on, look for Globe's website and find out how you do it. But you better get scribbling because the nominations close um, tonight, the 28th of August, um, or scribbling with your fingers on the keyboard and all that sort of stuff. So, um, well mentioned um, so far, trans, bi and allied. Um, let's look at some other amazing um, in, um, people um, who uh, are admired in the LGBTI community. Um, well, random ones here, um, Daniel Woodhouse, a fantastic, quiet, quiet achiever in a way, um, you know, but, uh, I still admire the fact that someone can get into the country and drive around by themselves. Um, as an introvert, I don't have a problem with that, of course, but, um, get in a big four wheel drive and drive around dusty places. Um, Daniel did so much good work and still keeps doing it. Um, who else is there who's, um, well known perhaps, um, you know, that we could mention. I think um, whilst in terms of gay, Michael Kirby, um, you know, um, handled a very difficult situation many years ago when under personal attack with great dignity as an out high court judge, that's worth knowing. On a world scale, um, lesbians, well, Ellen DeGeneres is one, of course. Um, Laverne Cox, a great um, um, trans inspiration um, as well. Um, and going back some time in Australia, Carlotta, just to name, I think, a few um, people all needing a mention. So there's lots of them out there, but the thing, of course, is there, perhaps I've named lots of people who are, to some degree, on whatever scale, have a public profile. Um, it's still, I think, as I, as I mentioned, for trans people, just being out makes you some, I know inspirational can be a debated word, but I still think it's an uplifting thing for other people. Just to be visible, the more visibility, the more connection, the more people realise that um, Brie people, bodies, relationships, identity and expression are just people, comma, who happen to be one or more of gay, lesbian, bi, trans, intersex, poly, um, then, you know, away you go. Um, and people just realise, okay, um, their journey isn't the same as mine. It's taking a different road, but the destination is the same, being happy, healthy, um, wanting to achieve your potential and, um, you know, well, hopefully being wealthy, which is, I think, everyone's right to be as wealthy as possible. How you achieve it, of course, is up to you, hopefully with some ethics. Um, so there we go. Uh, lots of great LGBTI people out there doing good stuff. And, of course, there's lots of people, as I say, who just, you know, they're, they're, you don't have to be ultra visible, as I say, to be out. If you're just out in your workplace many years ago, there was the saying, if you want more visibility, then put a picture of your, for gays and lesbians, put a picture of your same-sex partner on your desk. It still takes some degree of courage to do that, but I think um, it's getting a bit easier, at least for gay and lesbian. Um, what will keep us going in the future? I just think we still need to have as many um, people who want to be visible being visible. 
Um, as I often talk about diversity in diversity, um, I think we need to be thinking about that. It's great to see people like Star Lady and Kai Clancy um, being diverse in terms of intersectionality for um, people of Indigenous background and LGBTI. People like Jack's Jackie Brown um, and for a long time Greg Atkin, um, Atkins, as opposed to Atkins, who did so much great work on LGBTI and disability, um, many, many others um, on all sorts of fronts. The people who are standing up for um, people in the sex industry, um, of whom at least virtually two-thirds are LGBTIQ, um, which often surprises people. Well, there's some queer role models, people like, um, say, Jane Green from Vixen Collective um, is someone doing that often, gosh, at great um, personal detriment, and people like that deserve our support um, for you know trying to just get things to back to where they need to be, equity and a fair go. So lots of great people. I'll um, Happily, if you're listening via podcast, please um, get in touch with me via um, all the means in the show and send in your thoughts. Um, won't, won't just close it off and we'll keep this running for a few weeks if we need to. Um, so, um, and just had a text come in from Roving Reporter. Um, just finished reading Gay, Lesbian, Then and Now by Robert Reynolds. Um, Shirlene Robinson, fantastic to see the difference, different attitudes amongst generations from veterans to millennials, highly recommended. Um, so lots of good stuff, um, out there and yeah, literature can help too. I'd better get out of here and make way for Freedom of Species, covering all things animale in Cyclopedia, as we heard at Cyclopedia, I can never say anything. And Psychedelia, I got it right on the third go at um, 2pm if you're listening on the Sunday or make sure you check out all the 3CR shows on demand or by podcast if you can. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.